Welcome back to the Zume Multiplying Disciples podcast, where we're on a journey to saturate the world with multiplying disciples in our generation. Regina, very exciting to get to talk together about just what God's been doing through your life and really your whole family in yes. just engaging around Zume. And so to kick us off, I know we're going to talk about some of these family testimonies that we're going to start with, but even just what's been happening through Zume and one of the local churches you've been a part of, and even this this passion for cultural intelligence and mm-hmm. the mindsets to have in engaging other cultures, especially when we talk about Zume having over 42 languages mm. and literally just this week, we talked about another translation being completed. And so, you know, there's a lot for us to dive in. But how about we start with this story of you and your son and how you all got started in Zumain? What's happened since? Yes, love it, Mary. Thank you so much. And I'm so honored to be a part of this conversation with you this morning. It, it really is a testimony of what God is doing and how God is moving. And um, I love that about our God, that He is always working, He is always moving and drawing people to Himself. And so, really, it started about, I would say, six or seven years ago. My son was working uh, for a local church at the time in the city where he had uh, gone to school. And on staff was a team expansion uh, worker, actually, who was a field coordinator. And he introduced my son to Zume. And at the time, I was working for a really large multi-campus church and was the director of missional engagement. And so, over the course of time, I would take groups up to the city where he was uh, on staff, and we would do these Zume um, intensives over the weekend and come back. And uh, we, we tried to really get this saturated in the local church I was leading in. And it just did not take root. There was a lot of things that came in to yank that root out. But over time, it, I stepped outside of my formal ro- role and just began using Zume and teaching those even here in, in my own Oikos or my own community. And what, what one of the most um, amazing stories came out of that, I, I just started a little three-thirds group and there was a woman who was a South Sudanese refugee living here in my city, and another one who was a Ethiopian who was an immigrant here in my city. And then the third person who was part of this group was um, from Iranian and uh, South American descent. So her father was Iranian and her mother was from Colombia. And we began this three-thirds. And after, I would say, maybe two or three months, the... the um, a young lady from South Sudan was headed back to South Sudan and she left. And uh, for the next year and a half, I did not really hear much from her because of the communication difficulties from, from her home country. But she came back for a short visit and um, we were just catching up. And she, she mentioned that while she was there, she just took the three thirds that she knew and led and started over 20 groups of South Sudanese people using this to hear from God and to put into practice what God said. And many of those groups comprised of non-believers. And so immediately we had 20 new, really simple churches starting and how to, how to disciple that and how to um, pour it back into her. And so she returned to the field 
to continue the work. And um, I'm still waiting now. Another year or so has passed to hear any more updates. But what encouraged me from that was just the very fact that if we're faithful and little, we'll be God will give us more and we can be faithful and more. She didn't know all of Zume. She didn't know all of the tools, but she knew the three-thirds, and she took that, and she put it into practice. And from that, people came to know Jesus. And so it's it's just, to me, a, a confirmation of the faithfulness that God's people show with what they've been given. And and the Zume goes beyond that, and we, we, we stepped into that, and... Um, you know, I, I I know there's just so many testimonies, so many stories we can share, even uh, of how that all has um, continued to spread around the world. So it's very encouraging. I love what God is doing, and it just began with with even in my stage of life. You know, I, I can learn from anyone. I can learn from my son, who's you know not only a lot younger than I am, and of course, but also just to be able to to realize that at every stage of life, no matter how old or how young, God can use us, and God wants to use us. And I'm just, I was just doing a lot of reflecting over the the Asbury revival that's kind of happening here in the States, and it just kind of recently was brought to a a close a little bit, but um, it just amazed me how this outpouring of God on this generation that's been basically written off. Um, we, we've we've um, decided that, that they're beyond reach almost, and then God showed up, and He's showing how He wants to redeem them. And He's given us, those who are already in the kingdom, a chance to pour back in and disciple this generation and the next, and to continue to make Him known and Zume, I have to say, Zume is it, it, all of our efforts as humans to kind of systematize or organize what God does is a little, we, we fall short. But Zume, what it does really, really well is that it allows for all of those traditional pillars and constructs that have weakened the church It challenges that and gives us a new paradigm, a new way of imagining or reimagining what God's church ought to be like and how every believer can be a part of that and and come back to that more um, ancient church where every believer was making Jesus known. And we give them some simple tools. you know, I, I just just recently, there's there's a, a a local church that had asked my son to. Uh, we're in the same city now to to come, and he heard of some of the things we were doing with Zume and three thirds, and he wanted my son to begin a, a discipleship ministry in that local church. And the church had not really had a discipleship program or any type of teaching really on what it meant to be an authentic follower of Jesus and how to love each other, share the gospel with the lost, and teach others to do the same. So instead of beginning with Zume, though, we decided to begin with the 
three-thirds, and just to introduce once a month in the three-third gatherings, a new a new tool like soaps or the prayer cycle or how to share your testimony or how to share the gospel. And as this is beginning to to take place, the little group that I'm leading at this time, we we met a couple weeks ago to sit and listen and ask the Holy Spirit to give us um, all of the gifts for the, the person that we were praying over. And then one by one, we would share what we heard from the Holy Spirit. And we went around the entire group that night and shared with each other what gifts we heard from the Holy Spirit for that for that individual. And after we finished, one of the women commented, and she's probably someone in my generation, my age group, but she said, I have been following Jesus for a long time. But since we started this group, and even tonight just confirms it, I have never heard from the Holy Spirit as much as I am hearing from Him now, and as often as I'm hearing from Him. And she said, I am just blown away. And I thought, isn't that exciting that we are helping people who've been in the church for decades, and they never knew that God spoke, and they never knew that they could hear God if He did speak. And now, it's so it's so fun to watch. And I can remember being in the church for years, and I did not grow up in the in the church at all. There was no Christianity in my home at all. And it wasn't until really over the last, I'd say, eight, nine years that I even learned that God speaks and that He speaks to all of us. And it really we really should long to hear the Father speak and to hear Him speak through His Word and in through the other ways He loves to speak to us in dreams and visions and and uh, through His people and faithful people. And so it's just really fun to see in this little church of around 250 Probably 150 are now in groups, and we actually have more people signing up to be in a group than we have uh, leaders who've been through the the training, the, the Zoomay training, or the three thirds enough to know to, to be able to facilitate. So it's kind of a good problem to have. But but what we're seeing in that is that people are coming and saying we've been a part of the church, we knew about Jesus, but we've never had anyone share the gospel with us. Really, the the gospel message. And I I even met with a a young lady from Vietnam this weekend who came to church, and she had been around the church, and she had been those in the church had had been befriended her and even shared Jesus with her and talked about Jesus with her, but they never presented the gospel and how how does someone become a follower of Jesus? And so uh, we were able I was able to share that with her yesterday. So um, I'm kind of going on and on, Mary. I don't know if you need me to uh, wait for another no, question or not. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but um, so, and then there was another young lady, same thing. Um, this one, she's American, and she was in our group, and she's 27, grew up in the church, and and I just asked her one time we met for coffee, and I said, you know, tell me your story, tell me your Jesus story. And as I listened, 
I could really tell she had never encountered Jesus. Yes, she had come to church, and yes, she knew about Jesus. She heard about him, but she herself had never encountered the risen Lord. And as a result of that, I could see where she felt she was still stuck in this prison. And what was so amazing was the night that we shared these gifts that as we sat and listened to the Holy Spirit, I had already had a conversation with this young lady that made me believe she hadn't really been set free. And so I was praying that day and really asking the Holy Spirit, tonight, how am I going to share when it comes to this young lady's turn, when I know you give gifts to the church, to those in the church, to the believers, and not to those outside the church. So I'm kind of nervous if something doesn't get spoken over her. And what what was so amazing was the Holy Spirit did show up that night. And uh, I shared last, but one of the women who shared before me, she said to this other young lady that, I felt wasn't a believer yet. She said, I see a bunch of gifts, but I I, I don't see you using those gifts. You're, you're, you're like keeping them in a box. And so while we were praying, though, as we sat and listened, I had seen a vision. Um, the Holy Spirit revealed this vision about this young lady, and I saw her in this prison cell. And I saw her pacing up and down in the prison cell trying to find the keys that would open the prison door. And after the other woman shared about seeing this box of gifts, I decided I would share with her the vision I saw. And so when it came my turn to share, I said, I I didn't see any gifts that the Holy Spirit had for you. I saw a treasure chest of gifts waiting, but I said, I saw you in this prison cell, and I saw you pacing, and I saw you looking, and I saw you searching for keys, but you couldn't find them that would let you out of that cell. And as soon as I shared that, she started crying, and she just said, that is exactly how I feel all day long, every day. She said, I've tried therapy, I've tried everything, I cannot figure out um, why I can't get out of this prison cell. And so after that night, I told her, I said, I think I know what those keys are, (laughs) but I said, let's, let's let's pray and spend some time with the Spirit and just see. And I had that confirmed. So we met about a week later, and I just shared with her the gospel. And I shared with her the three circles that day. And I said, okay, and and even as I was sharing, she said, yeah, yeah, I know. There are two kingdoms, one kingdom of darkness, kingdom of light. And I said, that's right. There are only two kingdoms. And I said, after I shared the three circles, I I looked at her and I said, okay, well, which kingdom are you in? And she looked at it and she pointed to the side where she hadn't yet come to Jesus, and she said, I'm, I'm here. I don't want to admit it, but I'm here in the kingdom of darkness. And I said, yes, but the good news is it doesn't take months to get out of that kingdom of darkness. It can happen in a moment. And so we talked through that and what it means to give surrender to Jesus and come out of the kingdom of darkness and um, and she's in that process at the moment. It, it, it could, obviously, it could happen that moment. She could have just received Christ, but there were a couple things she needed to take care of that the Holy Spirit had revealed before she felt she could do that. So, we're we're seeing again. We're just presenting a simple gospel message. The three circles helped her to see very clearly for the first time 
where she really is in relationship to God. And because we know that the Father longs for us to be restored to Him, and I shared with her about the 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 passage Jesus said that that you know the shepherd leaves the ninety nine to go in search of the one, and I said you are the one the Father's been searching for, and He wants to take you and bring you into His fold, and there He will be your good shepherd, and there He will provide for you, and there He will take care of you, and there you will be with all the other sheep, because we can't do this on our own, and well, that's what I love about. Zume and about this, the th- the the three thirds, even even that, which is you know the last three four weeks of Zume, our training is focusing on these three thirds because it becomes such a critical rhythm for our groups, and we're trying to in these small group levels um, treat this as a gathering of the body. And so when we come now, we want to come and bring our gifts to encourage one another and to build one another up. And in those get groups that have those who are not yet believers, we believe that those gifts, when they're exercised, just like Paul said in 1 Corinthians 12, also convince unbelievers that, that Jesus is the Son of the living God. So we're seeing, we're seeing this now step out into the places where Maybe the kingdom has not yet come into people's homes and people's lives because there are those who are not yet reconciled to God coming into these groups, and they're seeing this practice of loving one another, praying for each other, celebrating over a meal, and then sitting and listening to the Holy Spirit teach us from His Word. And that's a little bit hard of a paradigm for people to switch from. We're so used to being taught. We're so used to having our heads filled with such knowledge. And we feel the more knowledge we have, the more mature we must be. But the, 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 I would say that the lie there is that we can have all the knowledge in the world but never put into practice the very things God has asked us to do. And so, therefore, we are not being obedient. Recently, I heard some pushback on some of this, uh, what what people are referring to as uh, uh, obedience-based discipleship. And they said, well, it's kind of creating this legalistic uh, mindset. And my thinking was, no, (laughs) it doesn't. When you understand how much the Father loves you, your only response can be, surrender and obedience because you know what has been done on the cross. You know when the blood was shed by Jesus, what took place there, that you not only were ransomed out of a a debt you could never pay, death's debt was paid, your sins were forgiven, your curse was removed, your shame was removed, you were restored into a position of honor with the Father, and you were given access into the throne room of the living God as your Father no longer is orphans. And so, what can our only response be, which is to to just surrender and obey? And that's part of our act of worship, isn't it? Because worship is almost our, what is our response to the revelation of God that He's given us? And as He reveals more of His Father's heart for us, He reveals His love for the nations, then our response out of that is to is to surrender and obey, because everything about us has been purchased by the blood of Jesus, and it's it was a costly uh, purchase for Him. And we should not um, treat it very lightly 
or water down what he did for us. And our life should be life fully surrendered so that everything we do, we bring before the Father and we ask him to lead us and to direct us in that. And my own particular interest has always been for the nations. And I am convinced that over the the period of time, as we were called to go to the nations, and that call fell on a few good hearts, but not enough to reach the untold billions who still don't know about Jesus, God in His grace and in His mercy and in His love for the nations begins to move them into the places that they're most likely to find Him and reach out to Him, as we know in Acts 17. So, as we see these waves of migration coming into our country, there are a lot of political issues there, and I don't want to get into the politics of it. I want to just address for the moment that it, that God is bringing the nations to us, and we have the chance through something as simple as the three-thirds or as simple as Zume training, to bring the gospel to people, the nations, and equip them to be better capable of going back and, and reaching their own people. And even in my own uh, area of research, I'm, I'm, I'm working on this intercultural capacity uh, uh, doctorate. And at the moment, I'm going through and examining what what kind of capacity we need to enter, to really in, engage effectively with the nations here and a lot of it comes down to our mindset if we have a mindset that has formed around the the task of engagement we accept engagement needs to happen we accept that god loves the nations and his plan includes the nations then our mindset which has to do with the way we think and the way we're motivated and how that affects our behavior in order to accomplish the task, which in this case is engagement. If the mindset is there that expects engagement, then we need to be culturally intelligent on how to do that. Because as we know, um, even as I was speaking with this Vietnamese young lady, she we were asking her, could she record her testimony? We'd love to share that testimony. And she said, I don't know if I could do it in English because it's more difficult. And we said, no, speak, share it in Vietnamese. We would welcome that and we can, we can put a teleprompter and, and do the, the um, translation there underneath it. We, we don't need you to speak our language to tell what God has done. And I think that's the beauty of Zume is that I, I've taught Zume to people in other parts of the world where English is not their first language. It can be done. It's more difficult because you have a lot of uh, language idioms that aren't necessarily understood in another culture. But the fact that Zume is now translating and being translated into all of these languages, it is so amazing that these people can hear it and be trained in their own language. And that makes a really huge difference. I remember um, I trained a, a group of people in Australia not too long ago, and a couple years ago, maybe. And the one of the women out of that group had some um, one or two people from Myanmar that she knew, and so she formed a, a Zume training around several. I think six of them ended up being in that training. And at the time, Burmese was not um, completed. The translation was not completed in Burmese for these Myanmar people. So she taught it in English, but even then, these. 
by the grace of God and through the ability of the Holy Spirit to communicate across language, they were able to take what they learned and began to try to put that into practice in Myanmar. And even now, several months later, a year later, she's this, this, uh, Australian sister is still coaching and working with those Myanmar brothers and sisters who, who did the Zume training. So it, it's critical to have it in other languages, but it's amazing on how many languages are already there. And I think, um, what I'm seeing is Zume really helps in giving this uh, like I said, this reimagining. And so where we've already advanced a Western concept of the church, which is more of the institution or the organization, it's a place we go, not not who we are. It's important for us to go back into those places and to kind of begin this reconstruction. And, a, and in that process of reconstruction, we have to do, do a little bit deconstruction of what, what it means when we say church. And it's empowering everyone, um, just anyone in this group. When we started, after a few times that I modeled it to them, anyone can facilitate this. It's, it's, it's the beauty of it is that there doesn't need to be higher levels of education for every leader of the group. There doesn't need to be someone who's well-trained in the Bible in order to do this. In fact, we had to really push against this idea that that we needed to have people wanted to, to make these uh, three-third times teaching. It's such a natural thing after so many years and conditioned of, of teaching. And teaching is important in the church. It is very important. But there's a place where that is needed. But in these three-third groups, it is critically important that every believer can stand on their own two feet because they know how to go to the Word, they know how to sit and listen and hear from the Holy Spirit, and they know how to respond in obedience, and then they can take what they just learned and share it with someone else. And that that to me is the heart of being a disciple of Jesus. It's being able to follow him. And by following him, it's not a passive following. We're just not walking behind him and observing him. But we are trying to become what what Jesus was to the lost at that time. We try to become that to the lost at this time, that the incarnate Christ now dwells in us. And that that beautiful um, reminder that Jesus gave his disciples when he said, "It's if, you know, I need to leave. I need to leave so that when I leave, I will send you another helper. And this other helper is the Spirit of God. And as he lives in us and dwells in us, he empowers us and makes us capable of sharing the gospel across generational boundaries, across uh, ethnic boundaries, across racial boundaries, across um, geographical boundaries, because with Christ and in Christ and through His Spirit, there are no boundaries that the gospel cannot go. What is needed are the people who will carry the gospel to the places, even if it's just across the street to your neighbor. And that's what we're seeing. That's what we're seeing in this little church gathering. There was one group that um, one of the members in that group, a small group from this little church that's doing the three-thirds, 
was in need of new tires and uh, it was becoming dangerous to drive the car, but she couldn't afford new tires. So the rest of the group decided to um, to purchase for her four tires and have it put on her car so she continued, could, could continue to get to work and to to use her car as she needed. And to me, that was that was the first century church, right? Um, those other members sacrificed whatever they needed to to raise the money to purchase those tires. And in that small act, that small demonstration of love, we we could see the Father's heart. How every one of us is valued by the Father. Every one of us has a place in His kingdom. And every one of us can be used by God in small ways and in big ways. And um, I, th- I think particularly for my generation, I'm 62, and I think in my generation, so many are, are beginning to look at, okay, how, uh, retirement, and now I'm going to take it easy, um, we're going to travel, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And, and, you know, bless you, I have nothing against the plans you're making, but I, I personally think there's nothing of greater honor than to be poured out for the kingdom of God until the very day I die. And I should not slow up or slow down until that happens, because I don't stop being a disciple when I hit retirement age. In fact, I might even be more capable because I have more time available to do the work of the kingdom. And so I, I say we need Sume, and we need these these ways for us to begin to grasp and to put into the hands of every believer a means to communicate the gospel and to love the lost and to teach others to do the same. And so I, I don't know, I just feel like it's a simple thing to do. It's a simple thing to do. And it would be requires so little to go and start up a Zume training and to really equip people to be uh, maybe for the first time thinking they're now capable of going and doing and sharing the gospel and empowering them and watching the kingdom explode. I think that's what we're we're feeling that there's that there's a movement. There's something God is doing. Something this. Asbury Revival, these multiplication movements that are going on around the world, even here in the U.S., things are beginning to get some traction. We're beginning to see where people are hungry for God. People are hungry for more. And it's it's in these simple key practices. I can't say it enough. It's following Jesus. It's loving each other. It's sharing the good news with the lost. And then it's just turning around and teaching someone else to do the same. We could see billions come to Christ through this. Amen. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) Amen. Yeah, no, Regina, thank you for sharing just the beautiful story that started from what your son was learning and then you learning from him. So as a mother and son getting to pursue this together, that just the heart of God of loving God loving others and making disciples. 
And it's beautiful, the stories over many years and also mm-hmm. just yesterday. Mm-hmm. And so thank you so much for giving the time to just testify to the goodness of the Lord in his heart for our neighbors and for the nations abroad and just right around us. So thank you, Regina. Thank you again, Mary. Thank you for letting me share. Thanks for listening. To learn more, go to www.zume.vision. And to be equipped, go to www.zume.training. Have questions for the podcast? You can email them to podcast at zume.vision.